This episode contains discussions about rape, murder and police brutality. If you think it's not suitable for you, please consider not listening to this episode. Thank you. Namaste, Namaskaram, welcome to today's episode of Kooni, The Crimes of India. I am Sneha, sitting in Hyderabad and I have with me on Skype, Aditi, who is in Lucknow. What's up? What's happening? Hi, hi, I am doing good. Okay, so before we jump into today's episode, I think it is important to address the case of Jairaj and Benix. We've already posted about it on our Instagram page, but not everybody who listens follows us there. So, This is the gist of what happened. So Jairam was arrested by the police for allegedly violating lockdown curfew in the town of Thutikudi or Tutikoran in Tamil Nadu, India by keeping his shop opened after curfew time. Many people say that this is not true. While he was there, his son Benix and some of their other friends went to the police station to help him there. So Benix asked the police officer what they were doing to his father inside and apparently this enraged the police officer so much that they took Benix in as well. Now the people who were standing outside said that the screams of the father and son were so loud that the whole neighborhood could hear them. The torture was so bad. They were beaten senseless. They were bleeding so much that the police had to ask their relatives to bring them fresh set of clothes multiple times. The cops hit them with lathis or long bamboo rods. Benik's knees were crushed. Jairaj objected to the beating and he was given the same treatment. Beatings went on the entire night. Some of their friends standing outside the police station had heard the cops shout, Just kill them! And the most heartbreaking part is that there was evidence of sexual assault on both father and son. Now, they were taken to the hospital only the next morning. Uh, they were also supposed to be taken to the magistrate for examination. But the magistrate bafflingly gave his remand order without even looking at their injuries. He gave some excuse about, you know, threat of COVID or whatever. Now, this is a gross miscarriage of justice. There were discrepancies in the FIR lodged as well. Basically, they were failed at every level of the judicial system. By the cops, the doctor, the magistrate, just about everyone. And we are very sorry to say this, but this is not an isolated incident of police brutality by any means. Many vulnerable and marginalized communities in India face it all the time. During the anti-CAA protest, It escalated to horrifying levels all over the country. Seriously, in my state, Uttar Pradesh, the police barged into an educational institution, Sadat Hostel, which mainly functioned for orphaned children, arrested many of them along with their teacher, Maulana Asad Raza Hosseini. They were all taken in by the police and tortured while in custody as well. Seriously, if you read about it, the details are too much. Horrifying details. If it didn't sink in, let me reiterate, okay? Orphaned children were taken in by the police and subjected to torture. 
Ever since the lockdown started, police has acted with more and more impunity. I mean, if you're following the news, you already know. And most of this violence is directed towards people from impoverished backgrounds or vulnerable communities like Dalits or Adivasis and, of course, Muslims. This epidemic of police brutality must be tackled as we deal with COVID as well. I know there are restrictions, but you and I, we are privileged. We have a voice and we need to use it to demand change. We've shared a link to the petition demanding justice for Jairaj in Phoenix in our Insta page. And we'll also leave a link in the show notes of this episode. So please go ahead and sign it. We need to call the police out on their actions. And here is a small request to all those woke people who showed their support for Black Lives Matter. Please be just as enthu, if not more, while protesting the brutality of your own country's police. So this wasn't part of the episode, but we figured we'll talk about this issue before we jump into the scheduled episode. Okay, so now that this is out of the way, let's start with today's show. Today, we are telling you the story of Umesh Reddy. It's funny how the most wild people have the most innocuous names, right? Like Mohan yeah. Kumar, right? Of the cyanide Mohan fame. Anyway, Sneha, tell me his bona fides. Why does he deserve a spot on the podcast? So, Umesh Reddy checks all the boxes that you would need to make the Khuni Hall of Infamy. Aditi, I am making this a thing. <laughs> yeah, sounds cool. <laughs> so, this guy is said to have raped at least 20 women in the states of Karnataka, Maharashtra and Gujarat. It is also suspected that several of his crimes have not been reported because the victims feared social stigma, which, as we all know, is very common in India. There you go. Do you think he qualifies for a spot in a Khuni Hall of Infamy? Absolutely. He sounds terrifying. But tell me more. Go on. Wait, Baba, let's first talk about the sources. So, for this episode, we refer to Twisted, a profile of Indian serial killers, volume 1 by Shirish Thorat and Sampada Karandikar. We also looked into the related High Court and Supreme Court orders in his cases. Yeah, that's about it. And as usual, we went through the articles in several newspapers and other stuff, videos we found on YouTube. Right, so here is his story. Umesh Eddy, alias Rajulu, alias Ramesh, alias Venkatesh, was born in 1969 in a little-known village called Basapa Malige in Chitradurga district of Karnataka. So, for those who don't know, Karnataka is a state in the southern part of India. Yeah, basically, you know, the state where Bangalore, the IT hub of India is. Or for the listeners of our podcast, where Cyanide Malika is also from. Now, as usual, like in most cases in India, very little know, is known about his upbringing and his schooling or his formative years. And after much digging, we could find out that he grew up poor and in harsh conditions. He didn't have a father. But he had a mother who encouraged him to steal for her own benefit. The next thing we know about him is that he enlisted in the Central Reserve Police Force, the CRPF. And look, he wasn't an exceptional policeman by any stretch of imagination. In fact, most of his former colleagues 
almost unanimously remember him as a highly introverted loner and remember this fact guys later in 1995 after he completed his training he was posted in jammu and kashmir and this is probably where he committed his first known act of notoriety while on guard duty at the house of his commandant this guy attempted to rape the commandant's daughter and after which he ran away to karnataka so looking back maybe this was the first time he realized that he can do whatever the hell he wants and get away with it with little consequence it's always this first small thing that leads to another thing and then another thing and then you suddenly have like a serial killer on your hands so in 1996 somehow and wonders never cease in this country umesh reddy managed to join the district armed reserve the dar in karnataka aditi and i are very very surprised that his history of his stint in the crpf somehow managed to slip through the cracks and if you think about it this man sorry and if you think that this man behaved himself in the dar well kids prepare to be surprised or like in our cases not surprised whatever it is turns out umesh has had also been charged in a road rage accident yeah and then guess what happened next the local dar inspector chose to ignore this quote unquote non issue this further cemented umesh's belief that he can get away with anything with no consequence and close to 20 women would pay for this decision of the dar inspector which was clearly clearly taken by a lazy lazy officer then in november 1996 umesh reddy attempted to rape a high school girl she was walking home in a lane at keb colony in chitradurg this girl resisted and hit him with a stone and managed to escape from there yeah you go girl on this note here is a piece of advice to everyone listening please learn some form of self defense or you know just carry a bunch of chili powder in your purse please be like this girl or or be like aditi who carried around pepper spray for all the times <laughs> we interned in delhi <laughs> yeah but the following month another teenage girl would not be so lucky Her name was Rupa and she was on her way home in KEB colony same place when Reddy raped and murdered her The universe is a beautiful thing I think I know this is a weird thing to say just after I've talked about a girl getting raped but hear me out A few weeks after this incident fate played a cruel joke on Umesh Reddy It was Republic Day and he was marching in the Republic Day police parade The tenacious girl who had earlier managed to escape from him spotted him and recognized him. Now this brave brave teenager immediately reported the sighting and Umesh Reddy was arrested. An inquiry was conducted and he was summarily dismissed from service. In the days following this, justice seemed to be doing its job at least temporarily. Umesh was charged with the attempted rape of the school girl and was also charged with the rape and murder of Rupa. He was taken into judicial custody 
and after the trial the court directed that he be shifted to belari jail yeah like he fucking deserved but uh, when they say that the eyes of justice are shut and the hands of justice are short aditi they say this right or am i making shit up you're making shit up but i like it so we'll allow it wow thanks man thanks for allowing it <laughs> right <laughs> well what i'm saying is the following events would just prove this in march 1997 when the chitradurga police were handing ready over to the belari prison authorities he pulled a charles sobraj yeah as our listeners would recall charles sobraj had a particular proclivity to escape from prisons so on that march day umesh reddy showed the world that he was just as crafty as sobraj was umesh managed to escape in the two or three months following the escape he committed a barrage of rapes assaults and murders of a heinous nature he rented a flat in bangalore where he sexually battered five women after that he darted through mysore where at least two similar cases became attached to his name then he went up to gujarat yeah yeah gujarat you know guys in your mind just try and map like a map of what's happening so you will know so he went to gujarat where he rampaged through ahmedabad and baroda before going down to bombay where he committed at least three other rapes again i am reminding you these are known instances there are many that went unreported then the mumbai police were hot on his heels but ready alluded arrest again he literally completed a geographical circle when he returned to bangalore where he rented a room in pinya now pinya is an industrial area of uh, bangalore sort of like a suburb so he was later arrested on july 7th 1997 while attempting to steal women's undergarments in pinya now when the police raided his room they apparently recovered a gunny bag full of lingerie but again he escaped within 24 hours and brace yourselves this story is crazy so when the police were arresting him in pinya he told them that his name was ramesh so then for some weird ass fucking reason the police decided to transfer him to the mico layout police station for interrogation in another case what other case and who did the police think they were investigating <laughs> ramesh umesh was there a man named ramesh who fitted his description and they thought they would just arrest him instead what the hell was going on how unorganized are these police friend this only gets worse so while he was being transferred umesh took advantage of a lapse in a escorts in a police escorts concentration yanked his wrist free and fucked off such a weasel i cannot believe it's that easy <laughs> to escape police's clutches really that easy you just yank your wrist wait 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 hold on hold on hold on there is more to this escape okay tell me yeah so the police chased him but remember umesh was someone who was trained in both the crpf and the dar 
so he was literally in the best shape of his life and he obviously outran his out of shape pursuers you know right how policemen in india are like usually pot bellied and full of chai biscuit aditi yeah. correct right yeah. absolutely <laughs> look we are not fat shaming here this is a fact if any of you all have seen a fit middle aged policeman in india let us know yeah it's like it's in their manual or something you have to eat like 20 biscuits and have 30 cups of chai <laughs> per week or something i don't know oh and mustaches don't forget those so anyway umesh wasn't even in custody for 24 hours and there is more to this story the police initially tried to hush up his escape like you know how they are known to do but a habeas corpus petition was filed in the karnataka high court i kind of have an issue with this because there are conflicting reports on who exactly filed this petition because if you all remember in the beginning we said that umesh was brought up by his mother because he lost his father but i read reports which said that the petition was filed by his father i tried to dig around and find the actual petition but i could not look if there are any lawyers from karnataka who can help us with finding the petition it would be brilliant i just want to know what happened Okay, wait. Just uh, let's explain to our listeners what a habeas corpus petition is. Right. So habeas corpus means that we, a court, command that you have the body of the detainee brought before us. So essentially, this is a recourse in law through which any person can report an unlawful arrest or imprisonment to a court and request that the court order the custodian of the person, usually the prison official. to bring the prisoner to court to determine whether the detention is lawful or not so what it means in this case is that the person whoever filed the habeas corpus was seeking that the police show them umesh and give them reasons why he was detained but the police were obviously unable to quote unquote produce umesh before the court thus inviting the wrath of the high court and trust me i have seen enough of these petitions being argued court just usually loses their shit when you know the police or the authorities are unable to give a satisfactory action uh satisfactory explanation anyway so in this case two police personnel were suspended and a lookout notice was issued all good right no not good the lookout notice was issued in the name of ramesh So what's happening here does the police know that Umesh is Ramesh is Ramesh one of his aliases is that the issue here and then what is the other case that Umesh had been taken for interrogation earlier you know was Umesh a suspect there or Ramesh and then in whose name was this habeas corpus petition filed and finally how did the honorable high court provide relief in the name of someone when the petition was filed <laughs> to look for someone else yeah exactly like the, these are serious writ petitions okay so writ is a serious business okay for all who don't know this is a bit of a legal lesson but these writs are usually filed to protect human rights or rights of the people so in such a serious issue a how did the court not figure out that there's a discrepancy between the person who's missing 
and the person the police claimed was missing why i mean i know umesh and ramesh are like similar names but i can't believe the court got confused then on 28 february umesh would go on to commit a crime so gruesome that it would cement his position in the khuni hall of infamy 28th february 1998 was just like any other school day for the 5 year old suresh subaiya at 1 pm his mother jeshree picked him up from blossom english school and brought him back to their home in pinya for as long as suresh remembered it had just been the two of them him and his mother Suresh's father had died of cancer when he was about 3 years old. On that fateful afternoon, Jeshree made Suresh his favorite meal, maggi, and after lunch, Suresh went out to play with his friends. You know like how 5-year-old kids are supposed to do. And like all 5-year-old kids I know, this kid also played until his mother gave him one thappad or yelled at him <laughs> and dragged him home. But that day the match ended. Suresh even played a bit more and waited but Jeshree didn't come. Suresh later recounted while giving his testimony to the court that he knocked on the door but no one answered. He said that he walked around outside his house for about half an hour killing time but no one opened the door. Finally, when Suresh was hungry, he approached the house again. This time, a tall man with a mustache came to the door and he said my name is uncle venkatesh i am a friend of your mother's she is sick as she is possessed by the devil and i am going to fetch a doctor <laughs> i think it bothers me so much that he couldn't even think of a legitimate medical reason why this mother was sick like even when he was lying he said she is possessed by the devil i don't know there's something insidious about it or probably he just thought of some shitty excuse like this so he can like hoodwink the little kid come on maybe. suresh was 5 maybe yeah he was trying to scare the kid but still suresh went into the room and saw his mother lying flat on the ground with blood on the floor and her hands were tied together with a sari on the one on one end with the, and the other end of the sari was tied to a window her limp body was also covered with a sari blood seeped through the light fabrics flowing between the bare feet suresh told the stranger don't go i'm scared but the stranger told him not to cry and after an hour and a half of quietly comforting the boy the man stood up and left he told suresh that he was going he told suresh that he was going to fetch a doctor for his mother The little boy ran to the neighbors and fetched them home but by then no one could find court uncle venkatesh he was out of the area so obviously uncle venkatesh was omesh reddy and he had just raped and murdered jeshri maradi subaiya suresh's mother the post mortem report indicated that jeshri's body had been repeatedly raped even after her death and her vagina had deep cuts The victim's lips had injuries and she had human teeth bite marks on her chest. So, looks like Umesh had a very clear-cut MO. He carefully selected his victims. He usually attacked between 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. when there would be no men at home. 
he would enter his victim's house on the pretext of asking for water or directions and then he used to force his way into the house threaten the woman with a knife tell her to remove her clothes after which he tied her up and raped her yeah he often choked his victims and sometimes the rape was committed when the woman was unconscious this reminds me of uh, dandupalya gang's mo yep absolutely right 100 points to ravenclaw and miss sahai for paying attention <laughs> <laughs> look this guy not only copied their mo or how they say in bollywood inspired by it but wait for it this guy hangs out with the members of the dandupalya gang who are also currently imprisoned in the hindalga prison with him along with him yeah the same prison where cyanide malika is also serving her imprisonment yeah turns out you know the dandupalya gang totally took this guy under their wing i mean why not <laughs> and aditi i don't think we should venture anywhere near this prison no absolutely not <laughs> especially not us <laughs> right but i digress so after the rape and murder he took their jewelry to make the crime appear like a robbery he then escaped with the women's undergarments sometimes even wearing them so after he killed jayashri umesh attempted to rape another woman in pinya but the woman struggled and she screamed and alerted those around her and in that ensuing confusion he tried to escape by jumping from the first floor of the house idiot so this mofo sprained his ankle and then he was detained by the neighbors and they obviously handed him over to the police later this time the police managed to hang on to him in custody for several months but then this guy escaped from police custody in 1999 near hirekerur in karnataka aditi ask me how ask me how how so he pretended that he had the loosies he said he was <laughs> going to the loo and then ran off but thankfully this escape was short lived and he was caught before he could commit any further crimes okay so this also was short lived by the way On the night of 3rd March 2002, Umesh was being transferred from Bellary to Bangalore in a Karnataka state road transportation bus. So, he was with the DAR. Yeah, his ex-colleagues, they were the ones now tra- transporting him from one prison to another. Though we don't know if he even worked with them at this point. Anyway. So, they claimed that they had him handcuffed. His version is more entertaining. He said that he offered to pay for a meal of rum and chicken and thus earned their trust and kept it because he kept chatting with them slowly loosening their guard. Wow. Reverse Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, he sounds like quite the charmer. Then the bus stopped for dinner at a roadside dhaba near the Hiriur Pass. Reddy begged and cajoled and managed to convince the policeman to remove his handcuffs <laughs> saying that he needed to pee. Once free, he ran into the fields and escaped. Don't they have some rules on how to escort prisoners? <laughs> and the conduct that needs to be followed. Couldn't one of them have gone with him to pee? What the fuck? I, I'm sh- 
I am sure there is some protocol, but this is just incompetence. And incompetence is mind blowing here, by the way. It's like a basic requirement of the job, like the bare fucking minimum, but no. So once free, Omesh Reddy was on the prowl again. Over the next two months, he was on the run, but he was super efficient, even on the run, okay? Like being on the run did not prevent him from committing crimes. He raped three girls in Davangere, Hubli Dharwar, and Pune. He stole three mobile phones and two credit cards. Then he worked as a waiter in a hotel in Pune. He stole cash and clothes from there and went to Dharwar in Karnataka. That's his home state in case anybody is keeping track. And then on May 17, 2002, Omesh Reddy went to Bangalore. He left his luggage on in the Yashwantpur railway station's cloakroom, went to a salon in the area to get a haircut and a shave. The minute he entered the salon, an auto driver named Satyavelu recognized him from a newspaper photograph and an earlier court appearance. Now, this one is one tenacious auto driver, okay? I'm a big fan of this guy. So, uh, so Satyavelu called his elder brother from the telephone booth and asked him to call the police. Meanwhile, he kept a watch outside the salon. When Reddy exited the salon and started walking towards the railway station, he called the police himself and started following him. You know, like it happens in the movies almost. Yeah, man, I can hear the background. Exactly. Per usual, Reddy claimed to be someone else, but then he admitted that he was Omesh Reddy. He did that in a police station. And in the police station, he was found wearing a bra and panties, which he had no doubt stolen from one of his victims. The police seized his baggage from the cloakroom. His bag contained several women's garments, 18 pairs of panties, 10 bras, 8 churidars, 6 saris, 4 blouses and 2 nighties. Satyavelu was given 20,000 rupees as a reward for his help in nabbing Omesh Reddy. And we think, you know, he should have been given more, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely, for sure. Omesh Reddy was tried and convicted in nine cases. Charges included both murder and rape in various cases. He was acquitted in 11 due to lack of sufficient evidence. On 26th October 2006, the judge of the Bangalore City Fast Track Court awarded him multiple sentences, including a death sentence, a seven-year sentence plus 25,000 rupees in fine, and a separate 10-year imprisonment and another 25,000 in fine. At this point, Umesh Reddy appealed to the judge for leniency, saying that he wanted to study and take care of his mother. Yeah, you wish, bitch. And the judge rightly told him to get the fuck out. Okay, she didn't say that, but... We are paraphrasing. Yeah, we are paraphrasing. In India, all cases where the trial court awards a death sentence are automatically referred to the high court as per procedure. Now, the high court also convicted Umesh Reddy, but the judges had two differing opinions. So, one of the fe- uh, one of the judges felt that he deserved the death penalty, but the other judge advocated rigorous imprisonment for life without amnesty. So, the third judge was appointed in this case to break the tie, and he upheld the death penalty. In fact, he famously commented... It is evident that even after, sorry, 
it is evident that even after punishments in cases of robbery dacoity and rape he has not reformed no reformation can be expected from such a habitual offender and a perverted criminal i do not understand why such a devil in man's garb should be maintained by society by locking him up in jail for life it is a known fact that whenever there is an opportunity he has a tendency to run away from custody and commit new heinous crimes yeah you go judge anyway so umesh then knocked the doors of the supreme court yeah he took his case all the way to delhi in this case justices altamus kabir and ak phatak opined that umesh was incapable of rehabilitation and that his rape and murder of jayashree subbaya fell under the rarest of rare categories and upheld the decision of the high court guys i read the supreme court judgment and the details it contains made me want to puke we didn't talk about all the injuries that were found on jayashree's body and you guys can read it if you want we leave a link in the show notes then in the summer of 2012 in the may of 2012 to be precise umesh filed a mercy petition with the karnataka government and this was also rejected following which his mother filed a clemency petition with the president of india and that was also rejected in 2013 so her so his mother said that her son was the sole breadwinner of the family and that his brother was unwell she claimed that her son was innocent and was picked up by the police because they could not arrest the real culprits umesh also filed a review of his sc uh, supreme court judgment and that was rejected by the supreme court he later filed another petition in the supreme court and obtained a stay order in the matter so currently umesh reddy is in hindalga prison on death row in fact in 2013 the prison authorities made all preparations to hang him and there is a process of 18 days where the hangman has to practice every day by hanging a doll or a gunny bag which weighs as much as the convict morbid yeah morbid they were practicing it and it was during this time that he approached the supreme court and brought a stay essentially it means that till the stay order is in place he cannot be executed in india stays can be extended again and again and in most cases it's quite easy to ex- to get an extension so as of right now he's in prison and he hangs out with people from the dandupalya gang <laughs> like we mentioned earlier remember how we said that dandupalya gang has had a movie made on them so apparently umesh features in the movie i mean his character there is also a kannada movie on umesh reddy called khatarnak and can any of you all please watch it and let us know how it is <laughs> right so what do we think of umesh reddy uh okay as i was reading the judgments and the news reports i could not for the life of me find out why he killed like it literally just seemed that he killed for the heck of it or almost like a secondary act after committing the rape and rape was usually an element in all his attacks either before the murder or after the murder yeah there was necrophilia as well he always targeted housewives and during the afternoon hours he always made sure that there were no male members at home and there were no neighbors around look his mo was meticulously planned to the last 
excruciating detail by forcing them to strip themselves it was almost as if he was depriving the women of their last vestiges of their dignity i am no criminologist neither is aditi but to us reddy seems to fit the bill of a sadist he gains pleasure from seeing others suffer in the most horrible way possible umesh reddy was described as a quote unquote lone wolf by his fellow servicemen maybe this led him to believe that the only way that he could get any intimacy was to take it without the consent of a woman or by wearing women's clothings or by necrophilia he was a policeman he had received enough training and he was mentally sharp and physically fit and he used this training to overpower his victims he knew how policemen worked and he used this to manipulate the police multiple times and escaped he was crafty and manipulative and he always managed to sweet talk with the women and worm his way into the houses that is not an easy task women are usually careful about letting strange men inside their houses <laughs> especially if they are alone the worst of all he has always sorry the worst of all he was always confident in his abilities he knew how to turn a situation to his advantage uh right so and there's another last point i want to add here this guy liked wearing women's clothes and this was a point that was always 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 brought up by the police in all the interviews and the newspaper articles for that was that was written about him they never say directly but from reading the articles and how the interviews answers were framed it is easy for a lay person to connect his cross dressing to him committing the crimes thereby furthering the already existing prejudice against men who cross dress and by extension the lgbtq community we all know how the police treats members of any minority or the lgbtq community in india or lately anywhere in the world umesh reddy still maintains that he is innocent and that the police framed him so for a second this made us wonder if there was any merit to this angle this angle where the police quote unquote obtained a confession out of him you know like how the police are known to do but remember suresh jayesh's son suresh identified reddy in court thereby putting an end to any possible line of argument not only this sumesh's fingerprints were found all over the crime scenes and effectively this shuts the case against him why umesh did not kill the boy when he had the chance to is anybody's guess at this point so that is the story of the serial killer and rapist umesh reddy this is an insane story i mean imagine this if this were in the us this would have been a major news story right there would have been a whole media trial and everything but i guess this was 1990s in india and information was processed and distributed at a much slower rate It's kind of funny that you would say the US because I was reading that there was another serial killer who was kind of sort of like Umesh Reddy. Paul DeRuzzo was an American serial killer who raped and murdered seven women including two pregnant women in the United States between 1997 and 
Funnily, he was also an ex-army man and he was stationed for a few years in Germany. Even now, German authorities believed that he murdered a few women in Germany as well. And his MO was simple too. He targeted lonely young women, overpowered them, sexually assaulted them and killed them. You know the creepiest bit? These two were operative at around the same time. Yeah, between 1997 and 2003. Umesh in India and Paul in the US. Yeah, the universe does work in the creepiest of ways. Right, so we hope you like this episode. We are working on a highly requested episode for the coming week. And we know we hit a snafu last week with Spotify <laughs> ditching us the day we released a new episode. Almost 95, 90% of our audience is on Spotify, so we were definitely worried. But you people are the sweetest. You came through for us. A lot of you messaged us personally to ask where else you could listen. And this just shows that, you know, you're involved with the show. And that means the world to us, really. So thank you so much for tuning in week after week. Here's a little reminder. You can support us by leaving a review and rating wherever you're listening. It helps other people discover the podcast. And we know that's not an option everywhere, like Spotify or Google Podcasts. So there, you could hit follow or subscribe. So you're notified as soon as we drop new episodes. Also, follow us on our socials. All the links will be given in the show notes. Also, in the show notes will be the petition for Jairaj and Benix. We know it's getting traction now, but let us keep the conversation going till absolute justice is done. And by that, we mean all those culpable are behind bars. Not suspended, not on leave, but convicted and imprisoned. Anyway, look out for Aditi Shorty this week. Till then, bye-bye. Bye.